None of you guys are called to be overcomers. There is nothing that the devil can do to you that God cannot overcome. There is no word that can be spoken over you that God can't cancel and bring his fulfillment of his promises into your life. There is nothing that God cannot do. And we are called to be equipped with those weapons. I want to get my beautiful assistant up on stage for me. Stephen, if you could join me up here on stage. I'm going to do a little skit for you guys. A little skit just to... It's always good to have a little bit of an example and to get a good-looking young man up on stage. All right. We're going to pretend right now that me and, me and Stephen are about to get into a bit of a fist of cuff. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He looks like I could probably take him. But then if I give him this thing... A bit of a sword, all of a sudden he's a bit more scary. He's a bit more of a threat. And I'll say, no worries, man, I'm just going to go over this way. You can stay there. I'm just going to leave you alone. Thank you, Stephen. Great job. You look great. Well done. That's all you need. Oh, you want the stage? Yeah, fair enough. You see, the Word of God is like a sword. And if we're equipped with the Word of God, the enemy will flee and cower because we have the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives. We have to carry the sword. But here's the thing. A skilled swordsman is so much more dangerous than just a bloke with a sword. If you give a sword to me, man, I'm just a bloke with a sword. But if you give it to, say, someone who's an Australian national champion fencer, they've got a bit of skill behind them. They've got a bit more threat. They've got a bit more danger. They've got a bit more, you know, you look at them and you go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to mess with that guy. And see, we need to be a church of people who are equipped with the sword of the Spirit and the sword of the Word of God. Because when we're equipped with the sword of the Word of God, the more we read, the more dangerous we become, the more prepared we are for battle, the more prepared we are to fight against the enemy. See, the enemy, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he used the Word of God against him. But if he knew the Word so much more, he was able to fight and he was able to come out victorious. And that's what God wants for each and every one of our lives. If we dig into the Word, if we write it on the tablet of our heart, if we don't just read the whole Bible. I had friends in school um, that I used to have, you know, God talks with because I was the God guy. And um, they would say, I've read the Bible and it's nothing special. I'd be like, bro, you've read it without the Spirit. You have no identity with it. You have no idea of what it is you're reading. We're reading the living Word of God and it gives us authority, it gives us power and it gives us the ability to withstand the attacks of the enemy. We need to be equipped. It says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between joint and marrow, soul and spirit. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Man, this is a word for myself. We need to be practiced and disciplined in the word. If we're going to go out into the world and we're going to achieve our calling in God, we need to be equipped we need to carry that sword on our side so that we're ready for the battle when it comes. And not just for ourselves. It's not just for you. It's for all the people in your sphere of influence. It's for all the people who are crying out for a call and for God to come and make a difference in their life. It's for each person that you walk past in the street. It's for your workplace. It's for your school. It's for your, every person in your sphere of influence need you to be equipped so that you can save their soul. I've got here, follow my call, in in brackets. What's my call? Question mark. And um, I haven't written this down. This was a last minute inclusion. Peter, if you could get Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20 up on on the uh, screen. I'm going to have to read it up there too. And then he told them, this is Jesus, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. 
Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was, yeah, okay, cool, awesome. Ascension, great spot. Love that part in the Bible. <laughs> What's my call? You know, I struggled with this for a long time when I was younger, thinking that, man, I need God to come down and whisper in my ear, Trav, man, I want you to, I want you to do this. This is your specific call. This is just for you. I thought, you know, I want to be unique. I want to be my own special kind of Christian guy. I'm going to... I'm going to get my call and I'm going to chase it with all my heart. But here's the thing, we're all called. That scripture just there says we're all called. We're all called to go into the world. We're all called to make disciples of the nations. We're all called to baptize them in the name of of Jesus. We're all called to cast out demons. We're all called to heal the sick. We're all called to carry the Holy Spirit within us. We're all called. All of us. Sure, God's going to say something, a little sneaky little word to Kaz and say, Kaz, I'm going to get you to do this specific thing. That's awesome. Sure, they're going to say, hey, Dan, I'm going to get you to do something specific. Hey, David, man, I want you to go and do this or say this to someone, which is awesome. And it happens. It's true. God calls specific people. I think of Peter when he was up in the, uh, doing his um, praying and reading, and then he gets sent to the Gentiles' house when he wasn't meant to, but he heard the word of God. And then the, the Holy Spirit fell on the people as he was preaching. He simply... He was doing the call already. He was already praying. He was already meditating on the word. He was already spending his time with God. And then as he progressed to do that, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit came. When we're already following the call of God, when we're already speaking about the word of God, when we're already carrying the Holy Spirit in our lives, God's call will come. God's call, specific call will come. He, and his power, his, and it says on the, um, in that scripture, his miraculous power, his healing power will fall on the people that you bring the Holy Spirit to. But we need to start. Everyone's call. You don't have, uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows that they've got a plan. God says he knows the plans and the purposes for you. But the plan and purpose for everyone is that we're all called. No one's, no one's left behind. You can't, you can't be disqualified either. There's nothing that you or anyone else has ever done to you or in your life where you've been disqualified from achieving the works that God has for you. Let me just say this now. If you've asked for forgiveness in your heart and taken Jesus into your life, you are not disqualified. No one is disqualified from doing the will of God. We must equip ourselves with the weapons God has given us and not be ignorant or reactive. I've got three weapons written down here. The Word and Spirit of God as our sword in Ephesians 6. Prayer and praise. When we use the Word in conjunction with prayer, it creates this powerful thing. And I love this, this place in Psalm 23, verse 5. It says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. And Keith's touched on this before when it says prepare a table, he's preparing battle plans, battle strategies in the presence of your enemies. When you're in your life and you feel like you're surrounded by whatever circumstances, whether they're good or bad, a lot of the times we turn to God when it's bad, right? We go, man, I am in a mess right now. I need some higher power in my life. And we go, then we go running to God. But this is saying, 
God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. No matter what's going on, God's got the strategies to get you out of it. And when we're reading the word in conjunction with prayer, God reveals to you the strategy that you need to get out of whatever situation you're in. He will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death into his life, into his abundant life forevermore. And it's a constant thing because I know I can testify of myself when it gets dark, when it gets hairy in life, you go... Oh my goodness. And it's easy to look around at all the big things that are going on, all the problems that are going on, all the, the small, from the small little thing that's giving you that little itch in the wrong spot that's really annoying you to the biggest mountain in your, in your, in your world. There's so much to look at. But if we look to the battle plans, if we look to the strategy of God, we look to the word and in prayer, that time that we spend with him, he will reveal to us the strategy that we need to overcome. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it, it, it calls for action. It calls for action. I love in, this, in that scripture, let me find it real quick, where it says, Our weapons are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, pulling down, casting down, and taking captive speaks of words of action, words that require effort, work that requires us to move, to not just sit down and do nothing, but actually do things. See, we are actually called to uh, pull down strongholds and cast down and take captive of every thought. Whoever, ha- I mean, I'm, I'll raise my hand. We've all been at those times where we'll be ready to do something, whether it's in worship, and these thoughts pop into your mind. Or at work, and something really ticks you off about your coworker, and you have some of those thoughts in your mind, like, whoa, you know, or whatever it may be. We get those thoughts in our minds. And the thing is, we need to be disciplined and train ourselves to cast down those thoughts. When, when the thoughts come into your mind that you're not worthy, when the thoughts come into your mind that you're not good enough, that you're disqualified, that you're not able, that your body won't let you, that your mind won't let you, that your family won't let you. You need to remind yourself and cast those thoughts down and be like, no, I'm more than a conqueror through God who strengthens me. And this is where it comes to the discipline of knowing your word. Because when you know your word, the people's words that get spoken over you that are wrong cannot stand. The enemy's lies in your mind cannot stand because they're overpowered by the word of God and the spirit of God. If you're struggling... This is a word for you. Strongholds do not generally appear overnight. Stronghold, strongholds are built over time and strengthened over time. Some are huge. Uh, we have some kids come to youth every now and then. I can see broken family trauma ripping their lives apart and they need help. They need the Holy Spirit to come and heal. Depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, feelings of lack, I'm not good enough. Failure from the past that haunts you, abuse from the past that haunts you can create a stronghold in your heart and in your mind where you need to break it off by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will give you the power to do it. Small, really small example from, from, from me. Uh, when I was in primary school, uh, I got called a jackass by a teacher one time and I was like really cut, I was really hurt by it and it carried with me. It created this this stronghold in my mind that that's who I was. I was a jackass in my mind. And I couldn't get it out of my head for ages, for ages. Anyway, 
after this was in primary school, so coming through high school is when I really got to know who God was. And God just reminded me in my spirit. He said, this is a lie that you've been uh, entertaining for far too long. This is a lie that you've been accepting for far too long. So in high school, I was uh, a lot of colourful words, but I would act up a lot and cause my teachers a lot of strife. And honestly, I believe that that was just a word curse that someone had placed over my life that I'd allowed to take hold, allowed to manifest through my actions, through, through my thinking. And here's the thing, we're not called to do that. And I just want to say this morning, at the end of, at the end of this service, guys, we are gonna, we're going to break some strongholds. We're going to break off some wrong thinking. We're going to call out the things of the enemy. We're going to expose the lies of the enemy in your minds this morning, in, our, in my own, whether, wherever it is, if the Spirit is calling you and uh, speaking to you and saying that, man, this is a lie that you've, you've listened to. We're going to break those things off today because we are not called to live under the oppression of the enemy. We're not called to live under the oppression oppression of lies over the things that people have said over you, whether they've said you're a bad son or daughter, a bad parent, you've been a terrible person, you're no good, you're going to amount to nothing, you didn't do well at school, you have no power, you have no authority. I'm here to say that you do have authority, you do have power, and your life isn't bound by the words that have been spoken over you today. We're going to pronounce the word of God over our lives today. And it's a challenge. The second weapon, praise. This was a challenging one for me. I was the kid at, at church who was up the front with sitting next to mum and dad. And they'd give me a little kick and say, stand up, clap your hands. Songs are on. And I would sit there and pretend to sing because I was ashamed of singing when I was a young man. And I used to think, man, singing's not a manly thing. That's so, nah, I'm not doing that, not singing. And it's, um, it, to be honest, it was a challenge. But hey, how many of us know that praise is powerful? When we come together this morning, as Rush and uh, Amy were singing, uh, and we're all singing along, man, there was some power in that praise. There's some power in the praise of God. When we were praising, the Word of God says He inhabits our praise. When we praise, God is there. God is amongst our being when we're praising Him. Amen. How good is it when we praise? And this is a, this is a, a revelation that I got when a, a, a pastor uh, up in Melbourne was preaching about this. And it blew my mind because I wasn't a praise guy until then. Psalms chapter 8 verse 2 says this, Through the praise of your children and infants you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. To silence the foe and the avenger. How many of us know that there's time in our lives when the noise gets loud in here. The noise gets loud up in your head and you, you can't think straight. You can't even think to praise God. Man, I have, man, um, get busy sometimes and you just fail to think about God and the noise gets louder and louder in your life. And you go, I've got to do this and this and this and that. Or, or there's these thoughts that pop rock around in your head. Like, like we were saying before, the words that get announced over your head. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And it gets so loud, but this is saying here that the praise of the children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. We silence the enemy's noise in our minds when we praise God. When we praise God, I love being married to Rushi. She's constantly singing at home 
and it's constantly getting songs stuck in my head. Songs stuck in my head. And it's like, I mean, it's annoying because we've been living with mum and dad. Dad does, says the same thing. Man, you put those songs in my head. They get stuck in my head. And it's frustrating sometimes. But how good is it? How good is it to have a, a song in your, in your mind going, Spirit, break out, break our walls down? How awesome is it having a song stuck in your head saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come touch this place and feel the atmosphere. How good is it to have these things rolling around in your mind? Because it silences the noise of the enemy. It silences the noise saying that you're not good enough, you're not powerful, you're not able. James chapter 5 verse 13 says this, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you, ha- are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Sing praises. It's a weapon. How's this? Paul and Silas in prison. What do they choose? I know what I would choose sometimes. I mean, I hope I wouldn't. But if I was thrown in prison, man, I'd be thinking, damn. God, where are you? How do you let me come here? How do you let me get here? You're meant to be with me. You're meant to be showing me miraculous signs. They didn't say that. No, they responded by singing hymns. And this is what the word says. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Doors were opened, and immediately all their chains were loosed. See, when you praise, when you sing despite your circumstances, chains are loosed. The earthquake happens, and the prison doors are thrown open. The chains are loosed and you're able to go and go freely. The the weapon of praise sets you free from the oppression of the enemy in your mind. When you praise and have those praise lyrics rolling around in your mind, the enemy has no place to plant a seed. The enemy has no place to grab a hold of you. The enemy has no place to say you're not good enough because you're singing, God, you're good enough. Amen? Hallelujah. We must utilize the word of praise. It shakes the foundation and the roots of our problems. It looses us from generational curses. It looses us from anxiety. It looses us from the attacks of the enemy. And when we sing songs, we're pronouncing God's promises and glory over our lives. And when God comes into the picture, the enemy cannot stand. The enemy cannot stand. I love, um, I love um, this little saying here. It says, the devil has a little bit of power, but no authority. Um, you know, when I, I think of like the devil scrounging up to the throne of God saying, God, can I please test Job? You know, he's too good. I reckon I can get him. Uh, he has to ask permission. You know, he's got no authority. He's got no authority. And see, Jesus says in his word that he's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. We can trample on snakes and scorpions and that nothing will harm us. See, God has given us authority. We have authority over the power of the enemy. There is nothing that he can bring against us that can stand when we walk in the authority. And see, the thing is that the, the, the strategy of the enemy can be fear and can put fear in our hearts and make us feel like we're lower 
than the enemy. Make us fear that we're under his control, under his power. But the truth is that we are above him. We are over him. We have overcome him through the power of Jesus Christ. Not because of us or our own goodness or, or our own works, but because of the power and the grace of God that we are above all the attacks of the enemy or above all the power of the enemy. It says all the power, not some of it, but all of it. Now is the time that we need to get clingy for the Holy Spirit. More clingy than the clingiest girlfriend. More clingy than the clingiest boyfriend. More clingy than Ruth was to me when we were dating. No, just kidding. She wasn't that bad. <laughs> I was probably worse. I was probably worse. But we need to be a church of Holy Spirit dependent people. And I was so encouraged, like I said before, when we were praising this morning and I could hear our church in unity singing praises all together saying, Spirit, come now, we need you now, you know. We need the Holy Spirit. If we're a church of Holy Spirit-dependent people, when we walk, we are going to be a walking encounter with the Holy Spirit. And how many people are crying out for it? I love this. This, this is where I wanted to get to today. I love this, this, um, this part in the Bible. Uh, it's found, let me find it. Uh, the man in the tombs. I think it's Mark chapter 5. I forgot to write it down. It's all good. It says this, uh, after Jesus crossed the, the, the lake, that a man from the tombs came out running to Jesus. A man in the tombs came out running to Jesus. You know, he, this man, it says, in, it says that he was howling day and night. Chains couldn't hold him. He was uncontrollable. He knew that he needed an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He knew that he needed something greater. He knew that he needed the Son of God to set him free from the oppression. And this is... This is where we see some desperation. He ran. When's the last time he ran? Man, I don't run unless I'm at youth group and we're playing a game and I'm trying to win because I'm so competitive. But when's the last time he ran to God? When's the last time we were so desperate to get into the presence of God that we ran? Man, I walk to, my, to the other room so that no one can hear me and I start praying to God. I never run. But how, how, much, how desperate can we be to run? How desperate are we for an encounter with the Holy Spirit this morning? How desperate are we for an encounter with the Holy Spirit this, this morning? Be like, I am desperate because I need it so much. So, so much. Without the Holy Spirit, I can't do anything. See, we are called to cast out demons, heal the sick. Jesus is, uh, in Jesus' ministry, everywhere he went, he preached the gospel. He healed the sick and he cast out demons. Three awesome, powerful things that Jesus always did. But he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. If we want to live our lives the way that Jesus lived his life, if we want to go into into the world and carry the Holy Spirit and do all this kind of stuff. We need the Holy Spirit. We need it so, so badly. It says here that he was cutting himself with sharp stones, howling day and night. Chains couldn't hold him. He was uncontrollable. You know, there's a world, there's a world of people out there who are in bondage and have strongholds of the enemy in their lives that need to be broken down. Let me ask you a, a quick question. If the Holy Spirit was removed from your life, would something change? If the Holy Spirit was removed from your life, would something change? This was a, oops, this was a question that um, you know, I thought about, and I was like, at the time, man, in my life at the time, nothing would have changed. And that's when I knew something had to change, because if, the, if I'm not dependent on the Holy Spirit, if I'm not walking depending on the Holy Spirit... Am I really being 
a Christian in the earth, on the, in the world? Am I really being someone that is carrying the word of God? Am I being someone that's carrying the spirit? Am I being someone that's carrying the answer? Because the world is a dark place sometimes and they are, they, they are crying out for an answer. I've come across young uh, teenagers who are cutting themselves and they don't know why. I've seen people broken with trauma who, who come and they say, you know, they're so broken, they break down, they're in tears and they don't know what to do, where to go, who to turn to. And we can turn them to the living God. We can turn them to the Holy Spirit. We can say, there's this thing, there's this guy that I have a relationship with. There's this man who brought me up out of the pits and into the high places. There's a man who turned my life around. There's a man who you can come to as well, who has the answer to your problems. That man is Jesus. But how desperate are we to have the Holy Spirit so that we can be the walking encounter that they need? Jesus sent us out. Don't wait to hear a voice because you've been sent. This is my favorite part. The demon spoke out of this man and said, Jesus, why are you interfering with us? Why are you interfering with us? I threw my sword away. Man, we are called to interfere. We are called to be a church that interferes with the world around us. We are called to not just carry the sword, but actually unsheath it, to pull it out and use it. When Jesus came out and this man ran to him, The demon spoke out and said, Jesus, why are you interfering? We need to be a church of people who are willing to go and interfere. We need to be a church who are willing to cross the lake and go to the one man who needs God in their life, who needs the Holy Spirit to break their chains, who needs the Holy Spirit to fulfill them. It says later in the verse that he was, uh, as the villagers came out, that he was standing there clothed and in his right mind. There's a generation out there who are crying out to be in their right mind, who are crying out to be clothed again, who are out of control, who are unable to to take control of the things in their life, who are overwhelmed by addiction, who are overwhelmed by the things of this world. And we are called to interfere. We need to be a church who interferes. This isn't just a word for everyone here. It's a word for me as well. I'm called to interfere. I'm called to be a man who walks with a the Holy Spirit, who's a living, walking encounter with the Holy Spirit. Let me get my sword. We need to carry this thing around with us everywhere we go. Not just a noodle, but it's a sword. It's a, the sharper than any double-edged sword. The word says sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword. Sharper than anything. Splits bone and marrow, spirit and soul. We are called to have a sword, guys. We are called to interfere. We are called to come against the attack of the enemy. We are called to set people free from the bondage of the enemy. We need to carry it with us. Can I get the worship team to come up? We are going to worship. We're going to praise. We're going to use our weapons this morning. This morning... I want to bring something to your, to your uh, attention. And it comes under this. We're just going to take a quick minute. If everyone can close their eyes, we're going to take a quick minute. And we're going to ask the Lord to reveal to us if we have any unforgiveness in our hearts. Because unforgiveness is a root that needs to be plucked out. 
If you have people in your lives, I don't know if it's been someone from a long time ago. I don't know if it's someone that said something mean to you yesterday. If it was something that happened to you when you were a child. If it's something that happened to you at work. If it's something that you know that you haven't let go of yet. I want to encourage you this morning. Let it go. Forgive that person. Forgiveness is for the believer. Forgiveness is so that you can be set free from bondage. Forgiveness is so that you're not weighted down in your life. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would reveal in people right now whether they have unforgiveness or not. Holy Spirit, show people, show us this morning if we have unforgiveness in our heart that needs to be dealt with. Forgive us, Holy Spirit. Help us to forgive those who have wronged us. Thank you, Lord. And I want you to just forgive them in your heart. Forgive them. Let it go. Be free. And we've spoken already about renouncing those words that were spoken over you. You know, and we've heard from Keith many times in the past, words have power. There's power of life and death in the tongue. Your words have power. Your words have creative power. When you... Some of us have spoken things over our own lives that need breaking. Some of us have spoken over ourselves, I'm not good enough. Or, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not equipped. I'm unable. My body won't let me. I am sick. My mind won't let me. I can't do it because I've been told I'm a bad parent. I can't do it because I've been told I'm a bad son or daughter. I can't do it because I'm a bad wife or bad husband. I'm going to amount to nothing. We're going to renounce those lies right now in the name of Jesus. We're going to break those lies off your lives right now in the name of Jesus. When you speak out and you say, I renounce that time that I was told that I'm a bad husband that's been plaguing me for my life. When I was told in school that I'm a jackass, I'm going to renounce that right now in the name of Jesus. When I was told that I'm going to amount to nothing, we're going to renounce that right now in Jesus' name. So lift your voice and renounce those things that have been plaguing you. God, I renounce my addiction. I renounce, Father God, my mental illness, Lord. I renounce, Father God, I will not have part of it anymore. I'm breaking ties with these things that are robbing my life, Almighty God. We expose the lies of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We come against any unclean spirit right now in the name of Jesus Christ and pray, Father God, that your word would overcome, Lord God, that we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus, that we are redeemed and set free through the power of Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins. I am a new creation. My past has no hold on me anymore. I I am a fresh new creation in the Lord God Almighty. We announce those things this morning. And we believe together that you will interfere in our lives this morning. Almighty God, that you would take, have your way this morning. Holy Spirit, fill this place, Lord God. We were seeing and praying this morning. Holy Spirit, your presence is here. We know you are here. We know you are with us. We know that your will for us is for good and not for evil. Your will for us is to heal our bodies, our minds and our souls, Father God. Your, your will for us is to reconcile us to your throne room, Father God, to bring us into relationship with you this morning. Forgive our sins and make us new, make us whole. 
This morning, guys, I just want to open up the front. If anyone wants to come up for prayer, if anyone needs an encounter this morning with the Holy Spirit, if anyone needs an encounter this morning with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if anyone needs prayer to have strongholds broken off their lives and thoughts brought into captivity, we're going to pray for you. The prayer team is going to be up here. We're going to pray for deliverance this morning. We're going to pray for freedom this morning. We're going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled before, come to the front. I urge you and be prayed as we praise and sing again this morning. Let the Holy Spirit have his way this morning. And as we do that, we're just going to close the stream and let the guys sing some worship.